Good morning. How's everyone doing today? So as a little kid, I grew up watching wrestling on Saturday mornings. I grew up with Rowdy Rowdy Piper in his kilt, with uh, King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant, and of course, the most famous of all wrestlers, Hulk Hogan, right? I was a little Hulkamaniac, and I remember him talking about, make sure you train hard and... and, um, uh, what was it? Train hard, pray, and take your vitamins. Only later on did I find out what his vitamins really were. But, um, uh, I, but I remember, I remember when my older brother, he, uh, he told me that wrestling was fake, uh, that, that it was predetermined. It wasn't that they, they weren't, you know, actually out there wrestling. It was just that it was well choreographed stunts and the, the outcomes of every match was already predetermined. I was, I was devastating. It was like finding out that Santa Claus isn't real. And, and so I was, I was shocked. I'm like, oh man, how do we, how do I handle all that? What does that mean? And, and, um, and so I remember watching it and, and then I'd see it and like, it's obvious. It's clearly staged at how it's, it's orchestrated and so forth. And they had various moves. And, and so there was one in particular, I remember you'd watch the, the tag team wrestling and it, it, was, it was so predictable and how it would be because it would be these good wrestlers versus bad wrestlers, right? And the good guys versus the bad guys. And at some point, the bad guys would have cheated and they would have gotten the good guy down on the mat. And, and so he's getting beat up and the other guys on the outside of the ring, he's got his hand out waiting f- to be tagged. And, and somehow, miraculously, the good guy would just stumble over, you know, drag himself over, he'd reach up, slap hands, and boom, the match was over. Now the, the bad guy was scared. The good guy would come in and, and pummel them, right? Well, what does that have to do on a Sunday morning? <laughs> you might be asking, other than just, you know, good times of memories and stuff growing up. But uh, I kind of think that you and I, in some way, we're in this tag team match. We're in a battle. We're in a fight. And, and we get to tag God. He's on our side here. And so we get to kind of reach out to him and, and slap his hand and tag him in as our partner. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? That, that calling out to him, that tagging him is what we call prayer. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to, we're going to talk about prayer. You know, when our, we first got together just about almost two months ago and, and started this thing called New Life Fellowship, we talked about or we looked at what did the early church do? The early church got together and they, they listened to and they studied the apostles' teaching. They fellowshiped together in this community and they would worship and pray together. And so we talked about, uh, you know, some of the apostles' teaching. We talked about the, this community of grace. And we're going to keep coming back to all those things. And, and this morning, we're going to talk about prayer and the, the significance and the importance of prayer. And so we want to understand a little bit more of that. So let's start with prayer to talk about prayer. Heavenly Father, we are excited and encouraged that this morning we get to talk with you, but most importantly, we get to hear from you. We get to have you speak to our hearts and help us to understand your nature and who you are and this this new life that we get to experience in you. So we love you. We're looking forward to what you're going to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, if you do a quick survey through the scriptures, uh, you can't help but discover how much, how often, and how important prayer is. In Acts chapter 12, we read about how Peter is arrested and he's, he's thrown into jail. And what's interesting is the response of the church. Their, their first response at that point is not to go hire a fancy lawyer. They don't begin a letter writing campaign for the release of the political prisoner known as Peter. They don't begin to protest at the gates of the, the emperor or anything like that. 
they immediately gather and they begin to pray fervently, it says. And so that's what their first reaction was to pray. King David, uh, his son Absalom decides to, to take the throne from him early and, and a little bit of a coup going on. And, and so what does this mighty warrior of God do? He doesn't go raise an army. He doesn't go gather support from various key figures and make public statements that he ought to still be king. Instead, David calls to God in prayer. In Psalm 55, verses 16 and 17, it says, as for me, I shall call upon God. That word call means to cry out to, to call out to, to pray. And the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will complain and murmur and he will hear my voice. I love that. I will call out to God every morning, every evening, every afternoon, and my prayers are going to be filled with complaints, <laughs> filled with murmuring. I mean, isn't that beautiful? That gives me hope, right? You don't have to come to him with this eloquent, well-sounded, well-crafted prayer. You get to go and just complain to God, whine to God. It's okay. And what's beautiful, he says, and he will hear my voice. And so that call was really, he was just crying out to God as best he knew how, and God heard him. Or you've got the story of Jonah when he's stuck in that belly of the fish. And Jonah chapter two and verse one records the prayer, I called out, again, there's that word call. I called out my distress to the Lord and he answered me. I cried for help from the depths of Sheol. You heard my voice. Remember what, what got Jonah into the belly of the fish in the first place? It was his rebellion, his, his unwilling to follow God at that moment. And so he was trying to run away from God. And yet God still listened to him. God didn't look at him and say, oh, now you want to talk to you. He was there to hear his voice the moment he re reached out to him. Or then there's the story of Daniel, where they made a decree where it was illegal to pray or worship anyone other than the king. And, and what does David do? He immediately goes and prays. He didn't, you know, appeal to the Supreme Court of Babylon of how wrong this is and, and free, uh, you know, religious rights and freedom and so forth. Instead, it says in Daniel 6.10, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house, now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his prayers three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. He didn't stop. He just kept going praying and giving thanks despite the, the environment he's in. Or in Romans chapter 15, Paul reaches out to the church in Rome there and he asks for their prayer. He asks for their support. Beginning in verse 30, he says, Now I urge you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. He's asking them to pray for him. Why? That I might be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judah and that my service for Jerusalem may prove acceptable to the saints so that I may come to you in the joy by the will of God and find refreshing rest in your company. He says, I need your prayers. Your prayers are important to me. They're, they're significant and required. You know, prayer is such a mystery to me. And it's in some ways very intimidating to get up and speak about prayer. And, and I think that's, it's, that intimidation has scared people off too often. But it doesn't need to be that way. In fact, it's, it's our secret weapon in many ways. And then maybe the, the most telling or most instructive in all this is the story of Jesus Christ himself. You know, the night of his greatest distress, the night of his arrest, the night before he goes to be crucified, you think about what did Jesus do for comfort and strength? Where did he turn? He prayed. 
He prayed all night. He got his buddies together and said, will you pray for me as I go and I pray and I talk with my father? Clearly, Jesus saw the value of prayer. I found this great quote by a man named Jim Sabala in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. It's, it's a great book on, on the story of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church and how it, it kind of went from almost closing its doors to now this, this huge, enormous church. And, and in there, he talks about the significance and the importance of prayer as driving that ministry. And he says this, he says, the clearest instructions about church life come in the pastoral letters where Paul tells young pastors such as Timothy how to proceed. The apostle couldn't be more direct than in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving may be made for all people. Why? Why, first of all, before anything else? Well, Timothy, my son, we've got to remember that God's house is to be called a house of prayer. Later in the same chapter, in verse 8, Paul says, I want men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. That is the sign of a Christian church. So the importance is clear. It's obvious. Then why, why do we struggle with it? I mean, I wish I could stand up here and say that every time a difficulty comes, every time there's stress, every time there's problems, I immediately run to God. I immediately turn to God and everything is great and everything's fine. And, and that's simply not the reality. That's simply not the case. See, too often what ends up happening is I look to be the solution to the problem. I look to how, how can I figure this out? How do I fix this situation? What, what scheme can I come up with to, to correct this? Or, or who can I get to, to get them to change or help me over here? And so often I'm looking at myself. I'm looking at the world around me. I'm looking at, at systems and so forth. It almost seems like we've replaced prayer with, okay, Google. And we turn to Google for help and answers rather than turning to God. And it's, it's not like there's not good options out there. It's not like, like we shouldn't, you know, if you're, you're in prison or something like that, go get a good lawyer. Or if, if you're struggling in some other aspect of life to, to reach out and, and say, well, how do I fix this issue or fix this problem? It's, it's not that those are wrong or bad. The problem is, have we actually gone to turn to God first? Because first off, we need to understand what is it that God's wanting to do but then try to discern and understand how is he going to empower us to pull that off. See, there is a time to call a lawyer and there's a time to not call a lawyer. And then there's, if I do, do call a lawyer, which lawyer do I call? And how do I go and approach them? And if I don't call a lawyer, how do I go and handle that situation? Whatever the situation is, we want to understand how do we turn to God and allow him to lead us? Because he's always there. You know, towards the end of his ministry, Jesus was, um, was overlooking Jerusalem in, in Matthew chapter 23. And he, he says these, really it's a lament, I think. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I've wanted to gather your children together, the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were unwilling. So what, what keeps us away from that is, Nothing, of, nothing but ourselves. We are, we are believing these lies and these deceptions around prayer that talk us into not going to God, not turning to him. 
So we want to look at some of these deceptions, some of these lies or these things that, that get in the way of our prayers and our turning and calling out to God. And so the first one we have there is, I'm too embarrassed to pray. My prayers would sound bad. I remember, uh, you know, before I went into ministry, I was terrified of praying in a group. I remember we'd get into a group and it was like, okay, we're all going to pray. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I was so worried that I wouldn't pray properly and that, that my prayers would come out all jumbled. You see, what happens is when, I, when I'm thinking about what to say, I'll, I'll have a choice. Do I say this word or that word? And instead of picking one or the other, I figure I just do both and combine the two together. And, and I was so worried about it just coming across all, all mixed up and confusing. And, but, you know, I've discovered that it's not really the point of prayer. It's not supposed to be sounding really good. That's not what it's about. There's a, there's a great story by a man named Howard Hendricks. He uh, was a longtime seminary professor, and he, he tells a story about this new convert that came to, to faith in Christ, and, and he gathered him up at church one day, and he says, come on, Bob, let's go. We're going go to go pray together as a group. And Bob's like, oh, okay, that sounds great. I'm just all excited about Jesus. And so they get there, and there's Bob and Howard and, and a bunch of other guys, and, and they begin to pray, and they are the most eloquent prayers praying. They're going a little tour around the mission field and praying for the missionaries in, in Africa and in Thailand and in, in Russia. And they're, they're praying for all these various groups and the people and the needs in the church. And, and it just sounds so beautiful and eloquent. And then it's Bob's turn. And he's like, hi, God. This is Bob Taylor here. I live at 32 Cedar Book Lane. And, and I I just wanted to tell you, I, this week I accepted you. And I just think that's so amazing and awesome. And so thank you, God. I love you. Over and out. And Howard's like, he was, at first, it was like, it was, it was, he was shocked by this. He was like waiting for him to start sharing what his social security number is. Like, as if God doesn't know who he is. But he says it was something so refreshing about it. Because there was no pretense. There was, there was no trying to be eloquent in all that. It was just simply being himself. See, in Matthew chapter 6 and verses 5 and 7, Jesus teaching his disciples on prayer, he says this. He says, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do for they suppose that they'll be heard for their many words. It's not a show. Prayer is not meant to be performance art. And, and that idea of having a prayer closet isn't, I mean, you could literally do it, but that's not ultimately the point of it. It's just simply, it's not for other people. It's just a chance for you and God to talk and to talk normally. But again, when I hear people pray, it's interesting. They, they, they are normal in every way. And then all of a sudden they begin to pray. They suddenly transport to King James era. And they start praying in King James. Or, or they, every fifth word seems to be Lord Jesus, Father God. And so it's Lord Jesus, Father God, would you help us, Lord Father Jesus God? Just We ask your blessing, Lord Father Jesus God, so that you, Lord Father God, can be our Lord Jesus Christ. And we just over and over, and it's just like dragging it out. And it's like, that's not how you normally talk. So why would you pray that way? Just, just talk to him as if you're talking to anybody. 
Which brings us to another common misconception. Well, there's a right way to pray. You know, sometimes we treat prayer like it's this magical incantation, right? That there's this, this almost a spell that we need to, to pray. So if you're needing healing, you need to pray this way. If you, if you need some blessing or you need some wisdom, you need to pray this way. And the reality is just pray. There's no right way to pray. But we want to create that because I think it gives us a sense of control. There is this one model of prayer I've heard. It's called the ACTS model, A-C-T-S. A stands for adoration. C stands for confession. T stands for thanksgiving. S stands for supplication or asking. So they say whenever you pray, you're supposed to follow this, this adoration, this, this, uh, sorry, this ACTS model, right? Thank you, God. You're such a wonderful, glorious God. But I've confessed that I've been not so great. I haven't been reading my Bible enough. But I thank you for your love and your mercy. Now will you bless me with a 20% raise? Right? And that's how we're supposed to pray. And if you pray in that model, then God would somehow hear that. You know, I tried that with my kids one time. I said, I said, you know, this is how we're supposed to pray, apparently. So I think you should, when you address me, you should do it this as well. So it begins with a adoration. Oh, great father, you're so kind and wonderful. Confession, I didn't clean my room as you asked me to. Thanksgiving, but you're such a wonderful, forgiving father. Supplication, can I have $20? They didn't take me seriously. I think they lost me at the adoration part, to be honest with you. But, but that's not what prayer is. It, there isn't a particular form or function to it. There's this great poem called The Prayer of Cyrus Brown that I think is so good. It begins this way. The, the proper way to pray for, 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 sorry, the proper way for a man to pray, said Deacon Limo Keys, and the only proper attitude is down upon his knees. No, I should say the way to pray, said Reverend Dr. Wise, is standing straight with outstretched arms and wrapped in upturned eyes. Oh, no, 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 said Elder Slow. Such posture is too proud. A man should pray with eyes fast closed and head contritely bowed. It seems to me his hands should be austerely clasped in front with both thumbs pointing toward the ground, said Reverend Dr. Blunt. Last year I fell in Hodgkin's well head first, said Cyrus Brown, with both my heels a-sticking up and my head a-pointing down. And I made a prayer right then and there, the best prayer I had ever said, the prayingest prayer I ever prayed, a-standing on my head. It doesn't matter your posture. It doesn't matter if you pray with your eyes open, you pray with your eyes closed, if you're standing, if you're seated, if you're lying down. All that matters is that you pray. That's, what's all, that's all God's looking for. There's no magic formula to it. Even the Lord's prayer is not meant to be a formula. He's just showing how we get to pray. Another common one is this lie that says, well, I'm afraid it won't work. So why bother? In Joel chapter 2 and verse 32, the prophet says, and it will come about that whoever calls, there's that word again, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be none who escape as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Prayer always works. It doesn't always work the way we want it to work, but it always works because God always hears and he's always doing what's our best. What's important for us? Well, that leads us then to another deception. Well, if, if, what's the point then? I mean, if God's going to do whatever he's going to do, do I really need to go and pray to him? 
I mean, does it really, really matter? And I, I tend to fall into this trap sometimes. Well, God's so big, God's so sovereign. He's just gonna do his thing, so why bother? What's the point of it? Well, in Hebrews eleven six, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that, it, that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. God is wanting us to come to him. God's, God's looking for that tag. He's looking for us to engage him, to invite him in. For the eyes of the Lord, in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro through the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. He's always there. Some of us have a wrong concept of God. We don't know his heart and his passion. And, and, and in Matthew 7, Jesus says, what father, when his child asks him for a loaf of bread, would give him a stone? If, you, if an earthly father would be like that, how much more loving would our heavenly father be? And so our heavenly father wants to, to love us, reach out to us. In James 1, 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. He's not holding out from you and I. Some have this idea that, well, I'm just not holy or special enough. I have just too much sin in my life. I, don't, I haven't figured it all out yet. And, and so I get this from time to time because people will say, well, you pray for me rather than praying for themselves. But in, in James 5, it tells the story of Elijah, the prophet who prayed to, to, uh, to take away the rain, to cause a drought for three and a half years to help get the attention of Israel. And then once they had their attention, once they were turning back to God, he then prayed again and allowed the rain to come. And, and in James 5, it just says, Elijah was a man like you and I. There's no difference about Elijah from you, from me. He's, he was the same with a sim, man with a similar nature. But it says that the reason that our prayers are effective is because we're already children of God. We're already made righteous. Sometimes we pray with the wrong motive, though. Sometimes those prayers aren't answered the way we want them to be answered because we're not really looking for God. We're just merely looking to get an outcome. And so God becomes a means to an end rather than the end itself. And that's, that's really, again, the whole point of this is not so that I get my way. It's so that I can turn to my Father and communicate with Him. So in James 4, verses 2 and 3, it says, You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. So what is prayer then? Prayer is just simply, in its most basic form, it's crying out to God. It's talking to God. It's, it's reaching out to Him. There's no formula. There's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. If you can talk, you can pray. If you can think even, you can pray. That's all it's required. And you might think, well, I don't, I don't even know where to start. I don't know how to pray. Then maybe the best thing to do is your prayer begins with, God, how do you want us to pray? How do you want me to pray right now? Just immediately turning to him is beginning that prayer. And now we can listen to him. And maybe that's the most important part of prayer is listening to what he's wanting to say to us. But he knows exactly what we need. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, in the same way the spirit also helps our weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we should. We may think we need certain things, and God says, no, actually, you need this over here. And we have no idea how we ought to pray. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. 
It's not even audible. But he's already praying for you and I. And he searches the hearts and knows the mind of the spirit of what the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Isn't that cool to know that God's praying for you and I? And so will we turn to him? Will we reach out to him to hear his voice? In Zephaniah 3 verse 9, it says, For then I will give to the people's purified lips that all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him shoulder to shoulder. What a beautiful picture that is, that we call out, we pray, we turn to him so we can understand supernaturally how God wants to move and how he wants to act, but also to be empowered with the strength that we get to stand shoulder to shoulder with God in ministry and serving what he wants to do, what he wants to accomplish. So, Prayer is important, obviously. But what I want to do this morning is rather than talk about prayer, I want us to pray. I want us to do prayer. So we're going we're gonna to have some different topics here that we're going to pray about, and, uh, and then we're going to even open up the floor if there's time. But uh, I want to start. I want to invite all the ladies to stand up. We're going to pray for you ladies. So all the ladies, just stand up here. And uh, Robin, I'm going to ask you to come up here, if you would. And would you pray a blessing on these ladies? Lord Jesus, um, just reminded of, of what you're just saying to us, even in, in, um, in that one song, that these are your children, your daughters. Um, they are chosen, they are known, their hearts matter to you. Jesus, their, um, their thoughts are not far from you. You know their thoughts. Uh, you know their needs. You know what's coming tomorrow, what they're afraid of. You know their worries. You know every need and everything that they're trying to hold on to that they should let go of, and everything that they're letting go of that they should hold on to. You know all these things. But you love them still. You're with them. And your presence is so near to them because they are hidden in you. They might feel invisible, but they're not invisible to you. They're hidden in you. You are in them. They are so known. I pray for these ladies this morning that they would have a revelation this week, maybe right now, maybe in the next few hours or whatever, that they would have a revelation of how known they are by you. And whatever is an obstacle to them knowing that in this moment, that you would re remove it. That's that in your most holy name, Lord. Thank you, Robin. Ladies, you can grab a seat. Men, it's your turn. I get all the men to stand up. And Sue, would you come on up here and, and pray a blessing over these, these wonderful men of God? Heavenly Father, when I look out at these men gathered here today, I'm, 
I know and you know that some of them are husbands, many are fathers, brothers, some are grandfathers. And Father, you know the circumstances of their lives right now, the pressures that they feel probably maybe at work, the struggles that they have at home. Father, I pray that you would increase their capacity to receive and live out of the amazing love you have for them. That they would be able to be filled with that love so much that it would overflow and impact their families and their colleagues. That they would, that their mindset would be so focused on who they are in you and who you are in them. That they would be able to soar above their circumstances. Allow you, Father, to, to live through them so that they would experience the abundant life that you want for them. I thank you, Father, that these men, their desire is to seek you. And as they do, Father, that you would add all these other things unto them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Grab a seat. We are, we are blessed with a tremendous number of kids in this church, and, and so we got a couple representatives. So kids, if you guys want to stand up, and we're going to invite Marco up here, and uh, Marco's going to pray for you kids in particular, but also the kids that are in the Sunday school and the nursery, and, and in particular pray for the leaders that are doing a great job of uh, looking after these kids. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your kids. It's... Uh great to be in a place where there, there are so many. They're loud and <laughs> a little wild. It's good. I'm smiling saying that, Lord, and, and uh, you know, having conversations with, uh, with some brothers here, the impact that you shared that I have in their, their lives, just loving on them Sundays, and I just want to thank you for that, each and every single one of us here has an opportunity to love on your little kids. It's, it's really not hard. A little intimidating for some. Just get down on a level, smile at them, and just, just, just love them as, as you do, Lord. It's, it's good. Warms the heart. And I just want to thank you for those who, who have a heart to serve in the children's ministry. I want to lift them up. We offer, and you offer, your strength to them. Hard work, but, uh, but you're there. And for anyone who might be kind of wondering, is this something that I want to do, Lord? I just want to pray that uh, they, they go forward in, in confidence. There are many people there who are just happy to have them along the side and show them the ropes, but having an opportunity to love your children is, is great. There's so many ways to do it. And we lift up our children's ministry. They've... They've coined it the lion's den. What a, 
What a great little name. You're there. And uh, you invite us to be there as well. So thank you for the kids, the, the impact that they have in our lives. There are things that we can learn from them too. And I, I pray that we take, take the opportunities to do so and just, just enjoy doing life with them as well. Jesus, you are, you are wonderful. And just thank you for your love and the kids. Amen. Thank you. You know, in our, in our society, it's, uh, it's hard to get God into the, the public realm nowadays, right? We, are, we currently are meeting in a public school, and I think the irony is not lost on me. We get to pray here, and they can't stop us. And uh, not in a rebellious sort of way, but as a, we get to do this. And so, Matt, do you want to come on up here? And Matt, would you pray for the school, the teachers here, Marco being one of them, and the, all the kids, especially for Marco's kids, um, but then also the surrounding community as well, that, that we would be a blessing to them. Would you pray for that? Father, we say thank you for this building. Thank you that we can gather here in this place that the school board has allowed us to do so. Um, Lord, would you bless them uh, for allowing us to be here every Sunday, for giving us a place to, to gather, to be together, to experience community, to learn from you, under this roof. And uh, Father, we, we bless all those that we are developing relationships with this school. Uh, we pray for our custodians. We thank you for them, that they're here every Sunday to help uh, open the doors, that they're here for us to help clean. Um, so we bless them, God, and we ask that you would do the same. You would honor them for honoring us. Father, we thank you for the teachers um, whose classrooms we are currently using. Would you bless them as well? Lord, would you continue to grow um, our relationship with those, those uh, folks here at the school that we are building relationships with? That, um, that Lord, your name would be made known, um, that it would be magnified through our interactions with them uh, through every Sunday morning. We also pray, Lord, for the surrounding community that we exist in here. Um, in this area, I know there are also many other churches, and we pray for them as well and, and are grateful to be working alongside and united with them to magnify, glorify your holy name. And we ask that, uh, that you, would, um, you would work in those churches, the surrounding churches, but in this church as well, and in the lives of those living in this area, God, we know there are many hurts, there are many uh, hang-ups, many things that people need you for, whether they know it or not. And we, we pray for them. We pray for this community. We pray not only that we would have a positive impact in this community, but Lord, just overall, that your name would be glorified, that, you would, um, that your presence would be made, um, made known. We pray all of this in your holy name. Dennis, would you come up and uh, pray for new life as a church? Uh, for those that don't know Dennis, Dennis is a, an elder at Alora Road, the church that is uh, our parent church planting us. And so would you pray a, pray a blessing over us? Heavenly Father, we're just so honored that uh, you love us the way you do. 
and that uh, you've demonstrated that through the amazing gift of your son and that uh, Lord we're we're gathered here um, as your church um, Lord, we just ask a, a blessing on uh, the uh, the new life folks here on Ross on uh, on his supporters on those who are working uh, behind the scenes Lord we uh, we owe everything to you. We're nothing without you. We depend on you, Lord. We look to you for guidance. And Lord, we just want to be submissive to uh, everything that you have for us. We accept the gifts that you've given to us, the gifts of, uh, of the space, uh, the gifts of uh, leadership and Ross, um, the gifts of time, um, energy, um, just the, the care and love that's demonstrated here, Lord, because of you. Lord, I just have a sense of a, of a garden flourishing here, Lord, that uh, at this time of year we, <clears throat> we see the, the snow melting and uh, the brown grass. Some place there are flower beds and these little crocuses start to peep their heads through, Lord, and uh, this is the image that you're giving me this morning of, of New Life Fellowship. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that you give us all uh, to be blessed by you and to uh, be all that we can be for your kingdom as we uh, go into the mission field and uh, be the salt and light. We thank you, we praise you, and we honor you. We do this all in the magnificent name of our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dennis. I, I don't want to end this, to be honest with you. I, I want this to continue because I think it's too important and too critical. But I do want to respect those who are in the Sunday school with the kids. Um, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to dismiss in a moment. And then if you got kids, you can go and, and get them. Um, but if you want to just hang out here or you want to come back here and you would like some prayer, um, grab anyone really. I'm myself, Greg, we'd love to pray for you, but really grab anyone. And we, we love to pray. We want to be a, be a church that prays together. In, uh, in Acts four, um, in verses 23 to 31, let me close with this. When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, Why did the Gentiles rage and the, apostles, and the peoples devise futile things? The kings of the earth shook their, took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word 
with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place that had gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Heavenly Father, we're not closing in prayer. We're just continuing in prayer. And I pray that as we leave here this morning, that prayer with you, that conversation with you, just keep going and going and going. That we will, in ever-increasing ways, turn to you, call out to you, cry out to you. Whether it be thanksgiving, whether it be uh, praise and joy, whether it be asking, begging, murmuring, complaining, whining, whatever. May we just be people that turn to you for wisdom, for strength, for power, for life. In your name we pray. Amen. Bless you guys. Like I said, hang around. If you want to pray, we're here. If uh, you want to hang out in the lobby and have some fellowship, that'd be great too.